Hey everyone, thanks for coming to the Preacher Chick Podcast. I am Stacy, the Preacher Chick, and today is day 252 of reading the Bible together every day this year. Today we'll be reading Mark 5 and 6, and we'll also be reading Psalm 97. Let's get to it. They came to the other side of the sea, to the region of the Gerasenes. As soon as he got out of the boat, a man with an unclean spirit came out of the tombs and met him. He lived in the tombs, and no one was able to restrain him any more, not even with a chain, because he often had been bound with shackles and chains, but had torn the chains apart and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. How heartbreaking. And and let's put this into perspective. So many of us see people doing similar things as this wandering the streets of their community day and night um doing things that, I mean, i'm not saying that they're necessarily cutting themselves although they probably some of them probably are what i mean is like okay where our church is located is on a main drag of our community and um we're right across the street from the police department the fire department the fire station um, a po- the main post office in our town, and we're just a couple of blocks away from our, our city's hospital that has a behavioral unit, a, um, a mental portion of the hospital, so to speak. And it is very common to be driving down the road or going out to my vehicle in the church parking lot and somebody around us walking down the street screaming at what appears to be no one. Um, And I have often said that I think in our society today, we're so quick to label, oh, they're probably schizophrenic or whatever. And, and it's really demonic. It is um, possession and oppression that is taking place. And um, I, 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 I'm not (laughs) on one hand, I'm not afraid to address it and to call it out. On the other hand, um, I'm apprehensive because of our society. And I know that's wrong, but it's where I'm at. I, I'm praying for more boldness. And um, to be honest, it's it's coming. Like I can feel it coming where there's going to be a time. And recently we had a moment in our congregation where um, we were fully anticipating that that we were going to need to um, speak to a spirit of oppression and um, call it out. Um, It didn't go that way yet. But anyway, um, when I read this, I just think of the things that I see in my city that we so quickly label mental illness that really is probably more like this and is a person overcome by a spirit. And it's heartbreaking. Um, It says, when he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and knelt down before him and he cried out with a loud voice. What do you have to do with me? Jesus, son of God, or Jesus, son of the most high God. I beg you before God, don't torment me. For he had told him, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. What is your name? He asked him. My name is Legion. He answered him because we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the region. A large herd of pigs was there feeding on the hillside. The demons begged him, send us to the pigs so that we may enter them. So he gave them permission and the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs. The herd of about, 
sorry, my page wouldn't turn. The herd of about 2,000 rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned there. Even that must have been a, a, a crazy sight. I mean, and we're going to see it says that the people ran off, reported this, and people came running to see what had happened. But like, there were farmers, there were pig herders that lost thousands of pigs that day because of this. Um, it says the men who tended them ran off and reported it in the town and the countryside, and people went to see what had happened. They came to Jesus and saw the man who had been demon-possessed sitting there, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. They were afraid of him before. They're afraid of the situation now. Those who had seen it described that to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs. Then they began, or then they began to beg him to leave their region. So it's almost like they were they're more afraid of the freedom that comes with the presence of jesus than living with the oh come on now this will preach than living with the possession itself god help us god help us as he was getting into the boat the man who had been demon possessed begged him earnestly that he might remain with him Jesus did not let him, but told him, go home to your own people and report to them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. In essence, he like kind of uh, commissioned this guy to go and be a witness, go and be a missionary, go and evangelize, go and tell what God has done. That's what witnessing, that's what evangelism, that's what missions is um, at its basis. Okay. I mean, there's so much more, but like not, you're going and telling what God has done. And he's kind of like commissioned this guy boom set free boom found salvation boom sins forgiven boom go and tell your people go and tell them what god has done come on this is good um it says so he went out and began to proclaim in the decapolis how much jesus had done for him and they were all amazed in the decapolis like in the teaching arena he went out and started preaching. Come on. When Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the sea. One of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly. My little daughter is dying. Come and lay your hands on her so that she can get well and live. So Jesus went with him and a large crowd was following and pressing against him. I love this story. Now, a woman suffering from bleeding for 12 years had endured much under many doctors. She'd spent everything she had and was not helped at all. On the contrary, she became worse. Now, we talked about this, uh, what was it, a week or two ago when reading Matthew, maybe even last week, um, uh, this whole situation. Having heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his clothing. For she said, this was her faith, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be made well instantly there you go again with mark and his his immediateness instantly her flow of blood ceased and she sensed in her body that she was healed of her affliction at once there you see it again jesus realized in himself that power had gone out from him he turned around in the crowd and said who touched my clothes his disciples said to him you see the crowd pressing against you and yet you say who's touched me but he was looking around to see who had done this. The woman, with fear and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And then he calls her daughter. Oh, the redemption in this alone, the one simple name that he called her is so, so profound. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has saved you. Go in peace and be healed from your affliction. While he was still speaking, people came from the synagogue leader's house and said, your daughter's dead. 
why bother the teacher anymore? But Jesus overheard what was said, and he told the synagogue leader, don't be afraid, only believe. I think I want that tattooed on my arm. Don't be afraid, only believe. We hear a similar statement made throughout the Old Testament, specifically in the Exodus story and in Joshua leading the people. Don't be afraid, only be very courageous, right? Don't be afraid, only believe. He did not let anyone accompany him except Peter, James, and John, James's brother. They came to the leader's house and saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but asleep. And they laughed at him, but he put them all outside. They laughed and he said, get out. He took the child's father, mother, and those who were with him and entered the place where the child was. Then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha Koam, which translated is, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, there you see it again. Immediately, the girl got up and began to walk. She was 12 years old. At this, they were utterly astounded. Then he gave them strict orders that no one should know about this and told them to give her something to eat, give her strength. He left there and came to his hometown and his disciples followed him. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished. Where did this man get these things, they said? What is this wisdom that has been given to him, and how are these miracles performed by his hands? Isn't this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, Joseph, Judah, Judas, sorry, Judas, and Simon, not the same Judas that betrays him, has uh, somebody else, James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and aren't his sisters here with us? So they were offended by him. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor, except in his own hometown, among his relatives and in his household. He was not able to do a miracle there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. Okay. He wasn't able to do a miracle there. Ah, he healed a few people. He, 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 he healed a few, a few sick people. Yo, how often do we diminish the miracles of God? How often do we not pay attention to the small things because they're not big? You know, like... I have a friend who, several friends, unfortunately, that have cancer right now. And one of them we've been praying for and, and he is receiving treatment. And, and two weeks ago he had a scan and the tumor was completely gone. Now, I choose to believe that our prayers coupled with um, medicine have brought this result because God is good and faithful, right? And we're... Is he still going through treatment? Is there still cancer to deal with? Yes. But am I going to not celebrate this victory? Am I going to not talk about the goodness of my God because um, it's not complete? No. There is there is a healing that has happened. I firmly believe it and I'm going to celebrate and I'm going to give God praise for it. But how often do we do that? Okay. All right. That's a tangent. He summoned the 12 and began to send them out in pairs and gave them authority over unclean spirits. He instructed them to take nothing for the road except a staff, no bread, no traveling bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not put on an extra shirt. He said to them, whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that place. If any place does not welcome you or listen to you, when you leave there, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons, anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. King Herod heard about it because Jesus' name had become well known. Some said, 
John the Baptist has been raised from the dead, and that's why miraculous powers are at work in him. But others said he's Elijah. Still others, he's a prophet like one of the prophets from long ago. When Herod heard of it, he said, John, the one I beheaded has been raised. For Herod himself had given orders to arrest John to chain him in prison on account of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because he had married her. Ugh. John had been telling Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. So Herodias held a grudge against him and wanted to kill him. But she could not because Herod feared John and protected him, knowing he was a righteous and holy man. When Herod heard him, he would be very perplexed and yet like to listen to him. I hope that's what happens when people hear me preach. <laughs> that they're perplexed, but they, but they want to hear it. <laughs> An opportune time came on his birthday when Herod gave a banquet for his nobles, military commanders, and the leading men of Galilee. When Herodias' own daughter came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his guests. The king said to the girl, ask me whatever you want and I'll give it to you. He promised her with an oath, whatever you ask me, I will give you up to half my kingdom. She went out and said to her mother, what should I ask for? John the Baptist's head, she said. At once she hurried to the king and said, I want you to give me John the Baptist's head on a platter. Immediately. Although the king was deeply distressed because of his oaths and the guests, he did not want to refuse her. The king immediately sent for an executioner and commanded him to bring John's head. So he went and beheaded him in prison, brought his head on a platter, and gave it to the girl. Then the girl gave it to her mother. How sick is this whole scene? When John's disciples heard about it, they came and removed his corpse and placed it in a tomb. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. He said to them, come away by yourselves to a remote place and rest for a while. For many people were coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. So they went away in the boat by themselves. Okay, I feel like this is like the Lord screaming at me because I've had a few people tell me I need to take a break and get away. <laughs> it's very hard for me to do that. Um, but Jesus had his disciples do this very thing. He had them do this very thing. So they went away in a boat by themselves to a remote place, but many saw them leaving and recognized them. And they ran on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. I don't think that would happen to me. When he went ashore, he saw a large crowd and had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Then he began to teach them many things. When it grew late, his disciples approached him and said, this place is deserted and it is already late. Send them away so they can go into the surrounding countryside and villages to buy themselves something to eat. You give them something to eat, he responded. They said to him, should we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? He asked them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. When they found out, they said five and two, five and two fish. Then he instructed them to have all the people sit in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. He took the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke the loaves. He kept giving them to the disciples to set before the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. Everyone ate and was satisfied. In other words, they were full. Their bellies were content. They picked up 12 baskets full of pieces of bread and fish. Now those who had eaten the loaves were 5,000 men. So you're probably looking at more like seven to 10,000 people when you add in women and children. Immediately, there you see it again, he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he, he dismissed the crowd. After he said goodbye to them, he went away to the mountain to pray. Well into the night, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. He saw them straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Very early in the morning, he came toward them, walking on the sea, and wanted to pass by them. When they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out, because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately, there it is again, he spoke with them and said, have courage, it is I, don't be afraid. 
Then he got into the boat with them and the wind ceased. They were completely astounded because they had not understood about the loaves. Instead, their hearts were hardened. When they had crossed over, they came to the shore at Gennesaret and anchored there. As they got out of the boat, people immediately recognized him. They hurried throughout that region and began to carry the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. Wherever he went into villages, towns, or the country, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might touch just the end of his robe, and everyone who touched it was healed. Psalm 97. The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let the many coasts and islands be glad. Clouds and total darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire goes before him and burns up his foes on every side. His lightning lights up the world and the earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. The heavens proclaim his righteousness. Let the people see his glory. All who serve carved images, those who boast in idols will be put to shame. All the gods must worship him. Zion hears and is glad. Judah's villages rejoice because of your judgments, Lord. For you, Lord, are the most high over the whole earth. You are exalted above all the gods. You who love the Lord hate evil. He protects the lives of his faithful ones. He rescues them from the power of the wicked. Light dawns for the righteous gladness for the upright in heart. Be glad in the Lord, you righteous ones, and give thanks to his holy name. And that's it for today. Come back tomorrow as we continue to read the Bible together. See ya.